You're listening to a message from Impact Student Ministry, a middle and high school-oriented production of The Summit Church. Okay. Hey, guys. How are y'all feeling tonight? Yeah? Good. How about that worship, huh? Yeah, that's awesome. Talking about the reckless love of God. That's some, some great stuff here, guys. Hey, but I'm super excited that you guys are all here with us tonight. If it's your first time to Impact, man, welcome. Hope you guys have a great time tonight. Uh, and I hope you guys are ready for some craziness a little bit later in small group time. But we are in the middle of a series right now known as For God So Loved. And actually, this is going to be our last series, our last Wednesday before our new students move up. You guys ready for the sixth graders to come and hang out with us? Some of y'all said no. Oh, my goodness. Karis and Olivia just saying no. Okay. That's all good. Guys, we got to share the love. Come on now, in a church? All right, well... Guys, and again, next week there is no impact. It is a small group experience. Brant mentioned it earlier, just so you guys know. So talk to your group leaders tonight about what you guys will do instead and plan to do uh, something fun. But guys, for God so loved the world. You guys remember the first week of this series, we talked about... Uh-oh. You guys remember we talked about the church? We said the church is here, it is now, and it is who? Yeah, there you go. Wonderful. And then, guys, last week we talked about who is the church? All of us. Yeah, we all belong. Regardless of what you've been through, what you're struggling with, what you're going to deal with, we are the church exactly as we are and where we are. And tonight, we're going to finish it up talking about this little thing called invitation. So first, I want to ask you all a question. Does anybody here like to be invited to things? Yeah? Wow, somebody just said I don't have friends. That's... Really sad. I will invite you to go and actually, you should, my wife can invite you to go and get ice cream or something. That would be, that'd be fun. Guys, invitations are fun, right? And that's why we're inviting you guys to hang out with your small group next week so you guys can hang out together. But let me ask you all something. What do you guys typically invite other people to? Shout them out. What are some things? Gatherings, parties, birthday parties, what else? Church, I heard that. Sleepovers, yeah. Wonderful. My house. Great. Uh, leaders, you, you guys know it's like, unfortunately, we don't really get birthday party invitations anymore. This is kind of not really a perk at all about growing up because when you're growing up, you get these letters in the mail. We used to in the 90s. And it'd be like, hey, you want to come to my really rad putt-putt 12-year-old birthday party? And I'm like, yes, endless tokens. I'm absolutely there. I can't wait. Now you guys have spare time and all this cool stuff. Uh, but I used to love getting invitations in the mail. I absolutely loved it. Now, we still get invitations in the mail, but they aren't really that fun. They are kind of like invitations to baby showers and gender reveal parties and weddings and all that stuff. And I just am so excited to find out if a baby's going to be a boy or a girl, but it's just, it's not as fun as putt-putt, I guess I could say. All right. But invitations are fun. It's a lot, it, you, you never know what to get. And I love it when people invite me to go places, uh, especially when it's about food. I love getting invited to restaurants. I don't know why, but I got this really bad problem when somebody's like, hey, do you want to go eat? I'm like, yeah, let's go. And I don't really ask them where we're going to eat. So I've messed up before with Indian food. It just, I'm, my body doesn't respond well to it. If you like it, that's great for you. Uh, I've messed up before with Egyptian food. Oh, that's, that's another no-no for me. And then this past week, uh, my wife and I were invited to go out to eat. And we had a wonderful time. Uh, if you guys see us here, yeah, we were, I actually invited my wife for a wonderful date night. My idea was Monday night, Greensboro Coliseum, let's go check out WWE Wrestling. Woo! 
Somebody like, yeah. Here in the South, in North Carolina, we don't call it wrestling. We call it wrestling. Right? Like, let's go watch some wrestling. And I mean, it is like the best soap opera ever. And I invited my wife for it. She's never been. She hasn't stopped talking about it since. I mean, if you want to ask her, like, she's just in love with wrestling now. Not really, but in my mind, she is. So, guys, but the, the fact is, uh, it was going to be a date night. And I thought it would be really sweet and romantic. I don't know why I thought this. Some of you guys are like, yeah, it's a great date night. Girls are like, I don't really care about going to wrestling, man. But it was going to be a date night, and that quickly fell off when I told her about it. So we got invited to go and eat with some of our friends who were going to wrestling as well. And I said, where are we going to eat? Because remember, I didn't ask. I, I, I said yes before we even <laughs> knew we were going. And he says, yeah, we're going to China Buffet. I hear mixed reviews already. So I hear China Buffet, and I'm like, okay, and China Buffet, like, what's the name of this restaurant? There's no way its name is just China Buffet. Like, you don't have a restaurant that's called Hamburger. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have a restaurant that's called uh, Ice Cream or Hot Dog. Like, no, like, you have to at least have a name. And they said, nah, it's, it's called China Buffet. And I'm like, oh, what kind of food is it? That's a bad question to ask, probably. <laughs> Chinese food. I said, great. And we get there, and I'm excited. Whitney, I'm still working on her for Chinese food. Uh, we've been married for a few years now, and uh, I tell you what, I've been trying for the last three and a half years since I've known her to fall, to get her to fall in love with Chinese food, and she's not really there yet. Let me go ahead and tell you guys something. A China buffet, a restaurant called China Buffet, will probably not really help her fall in love with Chinese food anymore, okay? There's a lot of Chinese food, but the quality was just kind of, eh, they had a lot of stuff. Now, I will tell you this. We pull up at 545 before wrestling. And guess how many cars were in the parking lot? Four. And that parking lot is about half the size of the parking lot out front. It is a big part. And I was like, man, are they closed or something? And my man was like, no, nah, it's always like this. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, uh, sure, man, great. Guys, we went in to eat, and I tell you what, we walked in those doors, and you guys see some of the food here. They literally had just about everything you could imagine. They had Chinese food, yeah, they had Japanese food. They even said they had Asian food. I'm like, doesn't all that kind of just kind of all there together, right? They had sushi, they had seafood, they had pizza, they had mozzarella sticks, they had these chicken fingers that were like really white. I was like, we probably shouldn't touch those. but. <laughs> Then they had like some really, really crazy dessert table as well where they had like donuts that were actually like amazing. Whitney said they were really good. They had ice cream with just about every flavor. Uh, they had sherbet and they even had J-E-L-L-O. There you go. They had it all. And I couldn't believe it. And lo and behold, Whitney and I decided to get, I ate everything. I, I was just kind of eating, eating. Like I didn't even really know what it tasted like after a while. I was just like, I don't know what this is, but I'm eating it. It's filling me up. This is great. And Whitney has a little bit better taste than I do, probably. And she ended up getting some hibachi. You got any, any of y'all a fan of hibachi? Yeah, cooking in front of you. They had that there. And it was incredible. And she got that. She got steak and, um, and vegetables. And she actually loved it. She really did. Now, if I ask her if she wants to go again, I, I might have to wait a few weeks for that. But Because the craziest thing was we get in the car to leave. And my boy in the front seat who was driving us, he says he gets in the car and he, he just looked relieved. I don't know what it was. All of a sudden, he sat down. He was like, Whew. I was like, what is wrong? Did you eat that much, bro? Are you all right? And he says, nah, I was nervous. 
was like nervous. I was like, oh man, what do you mean nervous? Like, we can get food poisoning or something? Like, what do you mean by nervous? Is that I just I wasn't sure if you guys were really gonna like it. And I was worried that I invited you guys to come here, and I thought it was gonna let y'all down. I was afraid it would ruin the whole night. I'm like, dude, we got wrestling later, nothing's gonna ruin the night, you know. But he was concerned. And he had so much pressure and, you know, what if they don't like this? What if it's not that good? Are they going to feel differently about me? I'd be like, yeah, I probably would, bro. You like, you know, we've been friends for a while, but I just, no, man, we love him anyway. But I think if we're real guys and we're honest as we finish up this series on the church, I think for a lot of us, we feel that way when it comes to talking about Jesus. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not telling you to get up on a stage or stand up on a box in school and say, repent, Jesus, yeah. Don't do that. We got enough people who cause a scene and make us look crazy for that. But I'm talking about just the idea of Jesus. A lot of us, I remember in high school, man, I was nervous to talk to some people about Jesus. And even crazier was, as soon as I heard somebody else talking about Jesus, I'd hop, oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, Jesus, the, the fish, the miracle, this, oh, this is crazy, this is awesome. And I would be right there with him. But I think for a lot of us, guys, when it comes to this idea of talking about Jesus and talking about church and talking about what we do, it's very easy to worry, man, the other people just might not like it. And we could mess up our reputation, and we might not look as cool, or maybe people just won't really want to talk to us anymore about it. Now, I think there's probably some of us sitting out here right now who might be like, well, if I invited some of my friends to church, it would turn out up in here. It would be crazy. Listen, like, you don't know my friends, Chris. Like, they're a little bit wild. They are not church people. They don't know no Jesus. Trust me, you don't want them in here. It's going to turn into a crazy and a party that you don't probably want to have. And if that's you, hey, man, if that's your friends, that's awesome. And God has them in your life for a very particular reason. And you have an incredible opportunity to just invite them. You, now, I'm not, I'm not saying that you have to go and spend every second with them and do everything that they do. But guys, have we ever thought about just this idea of actually inviting other people to come and hear about Jesus? So I, would, I know with the, the Chinese buffet, Justin thought immediately, yes, yeah, it would be great. Let me invite them. If they don't like it, ah, so what? I'll be disappointed. Because I think for a lot of us, again, as we wrap up this series, I want to challenge y'all to push past that fear of saying, man, I don't know if they're church people. I don't know if they'll like it. I don't know if it's really worth it. Hey, and some of y'all are sitting out here right now and you're thinking about invite people to church like all my friends are here at church. Like I don't have anybody else to invite. That could be some of y'all. It could be a lot of y'all. Absolutely. Especially with groups. You guys are growing so close. But what I want you guys to do, I want you guys to really try and think hard about one person in your life right now that you could invite one person in your family uh, in your class when school starts back yay congratulations NCLA, NCLA tomorrow that's gonna be fun somebody clapped I'm really sorry one person in your neighborhood got somebody in your life that you could invite to come and experience church they have to come to impact well yeah, they can come to Impact. We'd love to have them here. They can come to your small group week next week. It'd be fun. Just think about one person. Yeah, but you know what? 
I don't know if that person's really uh, religious. I don't know if they really believe in Jesus. Well, great. Tell them to come. Tell them to hang out. Hey, for those of us who are here right now tonight, and you're still not really sure about this whole Jesus thing, and you're kind of just hanging out, and somebody invited you, hey, man, we're so glad y'all are here. This is awesome. Thank y'all so much for coming. You guys have a place here, right here, exactly as you are, and we're thrilled to have you. Now, Christians, followers of Jesus, remember last week we talked about you have a place, you belong exactly as you are, and you have a purpose. Guys, our purpose is not to just stay in this building, in this church, and just be happy with each other. Our purpose is to go. And we're going to talk about that and try and invite and get other people. Hey, and here's the deal when it comes to invitations. You're not inviting them just to come and experience a church service. Yeah, invite them here. That's fine. But the goal is for them to be able to experience and live in this hope and this joy that Jesus has. Because some of y'all have it, man. And it's awesome to see that in y'all's faces when hard times come, when things hit the fan. Because that's what the goal is as Christians, to invite other people to experience that same thing. Now, I want you guys to think about that one person um, throughout this message, okay? And we're going to talk about this in small groups tonight. Who is your one person? Because at one point in time, you were probably that person. Think about this for a second. You were probably somebody who had never really heard about Jesus or heard about God or even heard about church before. Because, you know, the whole idea of what Jesus did on the cross and coming back from the grave, you know why we still talk about it today? Because the disciples said, I'm going to think about one person. I'm going to think about two people, three people, four. I'm going to tell as many people as I possibly can about this Jesus guy that I just saw on a cross. He died. He died. And he came back. And then when he came back, he said, you know what I'm going to do? I want to tell everybody about it. The disciples were so excited about Jesus coming back and conquering death that they said, I'm going to think about one person, two people, three people, four people, and they told everybody. They went out and told the whole world about their Jesus. You know, it's really cool. They told people, and then once they heard about it, they would come and they would experience Jesus. They didn't have church buildings like this. They had church buildings without screens. I'm just kidding. They actually didn't really have church buildings. They just told people about Jesus. And then after they would tell people, they would tell people, they would tell people, hey, y'all, it's it's been almost 2,000 years, and you know why we're still here? It's because people were thinking about that one person. Man, I should probably tell. You know, I should probably mention something to them about about just coming with me one time and just hearing about this Jesus guy. Man, I, I think it could really help them right now. They're going through a hard time. Their parents are going through a divorce. Man, what if I invited them to come and just, and just hang out with my small group? Oh, you know what? They just went through a really bad breakup. Man, they're getting ready to just hit the fan. I don't, I don't know what to say to them. I don't know how to help them. I don't have the perfect words, but you know what you could do? You could say, hey, why don't you come and just check out? Just come and just check out and hear about this Jesus guy. That's all you have to do. And I bet it will change your feelings a little bit. Now, What's really cool, guys, is probably one of the best people that ever invited was a guy by the name of Paul. Everybody say Paul. Paul. Yes. Guys, we're going to jump to the books of Romans real quick in Romans 10. And Paul was somebody who spent his whole life deciding to invite and invite and invite and invite. And he did it so much that, you know, it was his whole purpose and focus and mission in life. I'm not telling you guys you have to do that. Don't pack up all your stuff. And don't get in a VW bug and say, I'm going to California to invite people. That was about in the 60s and 70s. Y'all a little late for that. 
hippie movement. But what I'm telling you to do, guys, is think about one person. Okay, think about that one person as we go through this message. Here you go. Let's go to uh, Paul's verse here in Romans. Paul says this to the church in Rome. Paul says, hey, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everybody. Yeah, but they don't know God. Everybody. Yeah, but they don't believe in Jesus. Everybody. Yeah, but you know what? Nah, I know what they always go, what they always do, and I know how they act with their girlfriend, with their boyfriend. I know how much they party. I know the language they use. Man, I hear they even make fun of Jesus sometimes. Everybody who calls on the name of the Lord, they're going to be saved. Isn't that crazy to think? Like that one person that y'all have right now in the front of y'all's mind, isn't it crazy to think that they could actually have a relationship with Jesus? And you guys could have a part in that? That'd be awesome. Paul keeps going. And this is where, we, where it comes in for us. But Paul says, how can they call on Jesus to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in Jesus if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about Jesus unless someone tells them? You know who that someone is, guys? It's us. I think for a lot of us, we get so caught up in this idea of making other people believe. I'm not, it's not even worth me asking them to try and come and check out church or hear about Jesus because they're not going to believe it. But before they even believe it, guys, they have to actually hear about them. Somebody has to tell them. Last verse for us. And Paul finished by saying, And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? This is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Guys, I, I don't know about y'all's feet, um, but my feet are not very beautiful. They are rough, okay? And some of y'all guys are with me, especially if you play sports, and some of y'all are just with me just because you might have nasty feet. But messengers back here in the day, it was their responsibility to tell people about Jesus. As a follower of Jesus, you did not just meet once a week and that was it you met and you went and you told everybody else about them that was your responsibility as a messenger you guys probably know like um messengers today who would it be who's a messenger today yeah postman that's great we don't really use mail like we used to because nowadays we actually have social media we have phones we have ways that we connect with so many different people just like that but back in the day here, if they wanted to tell people about Jesus, guess what they had to do? They had to get up and go. I mean, they had to go and walk and move. And it took days and days and weeks and weeks and months and months and sometimes even years. So Paul's saying, hey, look, your feet, they're not going to look good because they didn't wear shoes. They wore sandals. And they didn't wear chacos all right, or rainbows. They wore some sandals that weren't even that comfortable. And everywhere they went, man, those feet got nasty. So Paul would probably walk around looking at people's feet like, man, you've been doing a lot of walking. My man, I like that. Nasty, dirty feet. Okay, I can do with that. Guys, the idea here is that we are messengers still today. I'm not telling you to walk around barefoot and go knock on people's door and say, hey, here's Jesus. How about, it's nice to meet you. You don't have to do that because we have so many different ways. But you know the best way you can do it right now exactly where you are? It's going to start with 
an invitation. That one person in your mind right now who you think, man, it'd be great if they could hear about Jesus. Man, it'd be awesome. They're going through such a hard time right now. They need to have Jesus in their life. Man, what, how different would our friendship be, would our relationship be, if they knew about Jesus? Man, how, how much better would it be for them in their own happiness, in their own joy, in their own relationship with their parents, if they knew about Jesus? Man, how different would this school year be if people in my class and the people at school, instead of actually making fun of people because they pray at lunch, what if they said, you know what? Somebody makes fun of you because you pray at lunch. What if you said, hey, why don't you? I know you make fun, but why don't you come and check out church one time? I think it'd be great. Guys, it starts with an invitation. And you have no idea what Jesus can do through that invitation. Some of y'all are still doubting. I know you are. I love you guys to death, but some of y'all are probably saying it's a lot more complex than just telling somebody to come and hear about this Jesus guy. Like, Chris, it's, it's easy for you to do it up here on a stage. It's your job. I can't do it. I'm just in eighth grade. Nobody's going to listen to me. What power do I really have? Hey, and I want to challenge you guys with something. I think a lot of us, we make this idea of telling other people and sharing Jesus like the Mona Lisa. We do. We make it like one of the most valuable and popular and priceless and timeless items ever. The Mona Lisa, it might know how much it's worth. Guess. $10,000. A little bit more than $10,000, Jake. 80 million, that's closer. 500,000, well, it's more than 500,000. 1 million to it. Guys, it is actually worth, last year, uh, insurance estimated that if something happened to it, it would be worth $800 million. The Mona Lisa. It is one of the most popular pieces of art of all time from the Renaissance. And guys, so many people have tried to copy this masterpiece. They actually say this is one of the real and true masterpieces when it comes to art. I mean, it took a lot of time, and it's so unique, and it's so itself that nobody else could ever really copy it. They can try, but they couldn't do it. I think for a lot of us, we say, you know what? I have to have a Mona Lisa-type faith and know everything and be a master about the whole thing with Jesus before I can talk to anybody else about it. And here's a better example. Uh, Whitney and I's little girl, Iris, she is at a really, really fun age. She's starting to look at a lot of different things, and we're trying to get her. I'm going to start getting her worksheets. And one of my favorite things that I did growing up uh, was connect the dots. Anybody like, me, like uh, connect the dots? You guys with me on that? Connect the dots was fun. Some of you are like, uh, I still like connect the dots. Yeah, I, I still like it too. And what's crazy is, guys, with connect the dots, I used to look at the picture, and I'd be like, man, there's so much stuff going on here in this picture. I hope I can figure it out. But I would have to go step by step by step by step. Because you couldn't go from dot one to dot 30, right? How would your picture look? Beautiful. Man, y'all are just sweet. It would not look good. It would look weird. It would look awful. Right? So, guys, when it comes to this idea of connecting the dots, this right here is a connect the dots picture of what? The Mona Lisa. Yes, indeed. It has 9,236 different dots. That's a lot of dots. Yeah. And the guy who created it, 
It's actually a Guinness record, and when he actually created it, he said that he wanted to have something to do and something that was challenging for him. Guys, guess how long it took to put this together? Five days. Wow, you guys are really... Uh, that's great. It took a total of about nine and a half hours. They had to have rulers. Even for some of these, like, what's that thing y'all use in math? Whitney told me earlier. I already missed it. There it is, the protractor thing. Yeah, you guys got it. They had to have all that just for him to connect the dots and make Mona Lisa come to life. Woo! Anybody want to do that after this for the next nine and a half hours? No. Some of y'all are full of junk. Y'all would rather do that than go to school tomorrow, though, probably, right? Yeah, I feel Okay, I'm with, I'm with you. Hey, guys, when it comes to our faith, when it comes to what we know about Jesus, sometimes we look at this and we're like, hold on, I have to tell somebody about Jesus that I follow? Oh, man. I, I don't really know that much from the Bible. I can't really quote verses like that. I don't know how to pray. I hear other people praying. They're, they're masters at praying. They're so great at praying. I feel like they're such better Christians than I am. It'd be a masterpiece. It'd be easy for them to do it. But for me, there's no way. I couldn't connect those dots. I don't know how to ever get somebody else to know about Jesus. Hey, guys, and I want to challenge you right now. Yeah, because there's only one Mona Lisa, but there is only one you. And you don't have to think about the whole thing. What I want to challenge you guys to do right now is you're still thinking about that one person. Guys, I want to challenge you. What would your first step be? Have a conversation with them. Before they believe, just like Paul said, before they, before they believe in Jesus, before they follow him, before they know him, what has to happen? Somebody has to talk to them about it. Somebody has to invite them. And guys, you could be that one person to create an amazing masterpiece for somebody. So I'm going to ask you all this right now. Who's your one person you can invite? Think about it. Because, guys, there's no better time than right now. When you leave tonight. When you see him tomorrow. When you see her next week. Guys, you can easily talk to him and just say, you know what, I don't know everything, I don't know, I don't have a whole Mona Lisa masterpiece faith, I don't know every single thing about being a follower of Jesus right now, I'm certainly not perfect, but I do know that connecting the dots, it starts with first inviting somebody, and that's all Paul is telling us to do as messengers, so next week when you guys have your small group experience, hopefully you guys will be willing just to invite one person to come with you. And if you guys want to have some dirty, nasty feet, that's fine, as long as y'all don't meet at my house, okay? But let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for these amazing middle schoolers and high schoolers that are here tonight, God. God, and I pray for them that they'll have strength, that they'll have courage, Lord, to think about that one person that's in their mind at this time. And God, I don't know who it is. I don't know what they've gone through. I, I really don't know... Uh, how difficult it would be for them to come and experience church. But I just pray that our students can take that first step and they can be a messenger for you to just invite somebody to come and hear about your amazing and awesome son, Jesus. God, we know that we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for other people inviting us and inviting us and inviting us and inviting us through the years, God. 
And we want to do that same thing. But not for us, not even for impact in our ministry. God, we just pray that we can invite and we can share your incredible son, Jesus, with other people so they can experience this same awesome masterpiece in Mona Lisa life, God. That is unique and that is just for us. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for your son, Jesus, who makes all these things possible. In his name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to get more information on Impact Student Ministry or The Summit Church, visit us online at thesummitchurch.net.